Hey guys and girls, welcome back to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. I'm your host, Roman Segal, and today's episode, I'll be talking about the Ontario life science space with Mr. Jason Field, who's president and CEO of Life Sciences Ontario. This episode is going to be part of a series that I'm going to cover in 2024. Some feedback from you guys uh, that we've had is that it's good to know kind of different clusters, particularly across North America, but in Europe as well. So Jason's interview is the first of a few of those types of interviews that we're going to put within the interviews uh, across the year. So hopefully you'll like this style of conversation. They're a little bit shorter, but hopefully gives you an overview of a particular region that's uh, that's punching well above its weight from a kind of pharma, biopharma outsourcing perspective. And my guest today, as I mentioned, is Dr. Jason Field, who's president and CEO of Life Sciences Ontario, which collaborates with governments, academia, industry, and other life science organizations across Canada to promote and encourage commercial success through the diverse sector. Jason obtained his PhD in chemistry from the University of Massachusetts and a BSc from the University of Waterloo. His professional experience includes the pharma industry and Ontario government before joining LSO as exec director in 2011. He was appointed as president CEO in 2014 and he serves on several boards now and advisory committees including the University of Toronto's Translational Research Programme, Remap Biotalent Canada, Research Canada and co-chairs the Resilient Healthcare Coalition. He is also the uh, recipient in 2017 of a Distinguished Alumni Award from the University of Waterloo and Chair of Ontario Ontario's Life Science Council. So this is the uh, in the cluster, if you like, that I am living within uh, at the minute. And I have to say, I have been shocked by just how vibrant it is. And so this is a must-listen episode if you are thinking of investing in new facilities or new areas or opening an office elsewhere in the North American market. Ontario is a is a, a very, very interesting place and Jason does a terrific job of explaining that today. Thanks as always for listening. If you like today's episode, please share it with a colleague or a contact and leave us a kind rating. Enjoy. Hey Jason, welcome to a Molecule to Market. Well, thanks for having me here today. It's uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Jason, you and I met uh, at a event of yours, the Life Sciences Ontario event, when I first moved to Toronto a couple of months ago. And uh, what I found staggering was just how busy that event was. I expected there to be like 10 people there and there was like hundreds of people packed in a bar. So that was a great kind of uh, introduction to the community here. And uh, thank you to you and your colleagues for for inviting me down. So we're going to obviously get on to what you guys do. But before we do that, Jason, talk our audience through your kind of backstory and how you got into the sector and and ultimately to to where you are today at Life Sciences Ontario. Well, well, thanks. And uh, before I do that, I'll have to just uh, tell you that we were equally as surprised with the turnout at that particular event. (laughs) Uh, I think there was some, uh, I do believe there was some pent-up demand uh, from the pandemic, uh, for people to get back out and, and network with individuals. Um, we usually pre pandemic would have between a hundred and 150 people out to a midweek networking event like that. 
And uh, we had over 450 registrants. We had over 300 people show up uh, to that event. So it was, uh, it was a great turnout. Um, and glad to have uh, to met you there and have the opportunity to connect uh, connect you with our uh, life sciences community here in Ontario. So a little bit about my background. Uh, I am a PhD chemist by training. I um, I'm an organic chemist. I did my undergraduate at University of Waterloo here in Ontario. I then went to the U.S., uh, to the University of Massachusetts, um, to do my graduate uh, work. And uh, when my wife and I both did our PhDs in chemistry, when we finished, we decided we wanted to come back home to Canada. And um, I found work in uh, contract uh, manufacturing organizations doing uh, scale-up chemistry, making active pharmaceutical ingredients, or APIs. And that's where I started my career. Uh, I spent about five years doing that, and then I decided that, you know, I wanted to try something a little bit different. And actually, was thinking about going back into academics, as many PhDs uh, aspire to. And uh, I kind of fell into a job quite by accident uh, with the Ontario government, and it was really something I honestly wasn't really taking that serious. I kind of figured it'll help me pay the bills while I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. And I actually fell in love with the public policy work. And, you know, a lot of people uh, asked me about that, you know, how, how I went from, you know, as a research chemist into the world of public policy. And I always tell them that uh, the two are actually quite similar. Uh, most of what you do fails. And when you do succeed, uh, it has a potential to impact many lives um, and have positive impacts uh, on society. And so I, I stayed in the public sector for another five years or so, and then I had an opportunity to join uh, Life Science Ontario, um, an advocacy organization. And uh, it was an opportunity for me to take a leadership role, but it also was an opportunity to combine my, my scientific background, my public policy uh, background together uh, to really champion the life sciences sector here in Ontario. And I thought there was a bit of a gap at the time uh, in that space and, and thought I could help out. And uh, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> and we're going to come back to that. I had a quick question actually regarding your time in the US and living in Massachusetts. Were, were you and your wife or your partner at the time, were you tempted to stay in the US? Was it always the plan always to come back to Ontario? Oh, we were very tempted. Actually, I have, uh, you know, I remember at the time um, that I was writing my thesis, and the head of the department uh, came to me. They were having a career uh, day uh, within the department, and uh, they had a bunch of companies coming in and interviewing. And one of them was was GE, and um, you know, he asked me if I would meet with um, with their representative, and I said, you know, I'm I'm really not looking to stay in, in the U.S. I, I'm, you know, uh, my wife and I are, are very committed to returning to Canada. And he said, "Well, you know, it'll be a good opportunity for you, you know, to have a real life interview, and um, you know, think of it as good practice." So I, I agreed. I thought there was there was some some sound wisdom there, and uh, I went to the uh, to the meeting, and probably because I had nothing to lose, I was very relaxed because I wasn't taking it seriously. <laughs> uh, but they really liked me, and they uh, they they 
they pursued um, actually quite aggressively um, to try to recruit me uh, to GE in the US. And I have to say it was a difficult decision uh, not to go. It was a very interesting, uh, interesting organization. I come, sometimes still think about, you know, what would have happened if if I had, you know, diverged at that time and had gone a different path. But I am very pleased with, you know, uh, even though it's been a nonlinear career for me, uh, where I, where I'm at today and and what I'm enjoying. But it wasn't an easy decision, no. And you obviously spent some time at a CDMO or a CRO when you first started. I believe that company is now part of Eurofins, if my my you know Eurofins Alfora uh, might be the business now up in 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 Mississauga. Were right. at any point in time when you were on your kind of public policy journey? So I suppose before you joined Life Science Ontario, were you ever tempted to come back into that space? I'm just. Looking at the timeline, you know, kind of maybe 15 years ago now, and if, if you look at the growth of that space in the last 15 years, that's been the absolute sweet spot. Appreciate you couldn't have probably predicted that was going to happen, but with, was there any temptation to come back into to industry or were you very much on that public policy pathway at that point in time? And But you know, the opportunity, obviously, to combine your scientific elements with public policy was probably uh, too good to be true. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't think the decision was really um, between you know uh, science uh, versus uh, public policy per se. Uh, for me, the driving force was really career development and and the opportunity to take on a leadership role. Um, that was that was really the the uh, my my driving motivation was was uh, was that leadership piece. Um, I really enjoyed uh, my time at at Alfora. Uh, it, at the time, it was a startup. Um, I think I was like number six employee or something like that. <laughs> there was uh, four PhD chemists um, that were at the time that I joined, and we were all working on different projects. And um, you know, it was very, very enjoyable um, and a and a sort of a great way to start my career in, in a very dynamic environment, as you pointed out. A growing space, uh, so that that was very very enjoyable. But what I what I found as I was developing, um, you know, in those early days, and the reason why I was motivated to to make a change is that there was a shift in in terms of what my my primary interests were in terms of uh, my professional development. So the science was very interesting, and I was always you know engaged scientifically. Um, but what I wasn't really trained in in grad school were the other elements, the soft skills, the project management, the people management, leadership, um, you know, uh, presentation to to clients and and to senior leadership teams, uh, communications. All of these things um, were fairly new to me. I found very interesting. Um, really enjoyed uh, those aspects. I wanted to develop them further. And then when I uh, sort of fell into the role of, um, of of the public policy joining the Ontario government, um, I was able to develop those skills further. And while I was doing so, um, kind of found this new passion around public policy in the same same sense that I had a passion for science. And um, and so that's that's sort of what was the driver uh, there. It wasn't really a 
a temptation of choosing science over over policy. It was more uh, that leadership piece and the opportunity then to uh, to take over the reins here at LSO. It's funny if I look at your backstory and the, the kind of combination of your passion for public policy and that scientific background. It was almost the role made for you, <laughs> based on obviously wanting to stay in Ontario and what you were looking for. So, before we get into life sciences Ontario. One of the reasons I really wanted to bring you on uh, on the podcast, Jason, was to also just give a broader perspective to our listeners of the Canadian kind of infrastructure and the market here for, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, biopharma and pharma, but also the kind of outsourcing space, because there's been a huge amount of investment in the industry in the last kind of five to 10 years or so. Um, and I suppose as a way of framing that question, how does how does that the industry look today versus say fifteen years ago? Like how how is it drastically yes. different? And if you can paint that picture for our audience, and then we can kind of narrow in to Ontario and and obviously the GTA in Toronto after that. But I'd love to just kind of paint that picture for our audience. It, it's a great question, and, and the short answer is that yes, it is. I consider it drastically different over the last uh, fifteen years. But I think it's important to you know sort of understand the Canadian context of of why that is. Um, so we we are in Canada um, in an environment with uh, public health care, and public health care um, you know assumes a, a large percentage of our provincial um, budget. Uh, so we're talking, you know, uh, over 40% of our provincial budget goes to the delivery of healthcare. So in a Canadian context, uh, the life sciences industry sometimes wasn't viewed necessarily as an economic driver in the same way that traditional manufacturing or natural resource industries were here in Canada, but rather as a cost center. And because of that, I think it was um, an industry that was some, somewhat neglected from an economic development or an industrial perspective. But we have had um, a tremendous focus on education and STEM education in particular in Canada over the last several decades. So there's been a little bit of a misalignment in terms of public policies, which I find is really interesting, is that We've been developing all of this uh, this talent for knowledge based industries like life sciences, and you know we've had leading institutions. If you look at you know U of T, if you look at McMaster and, and University of Waterloo and McGill, and, and I mean you could go on and on and on. Uh, tremendous universities, tremendous research, tremendous output from every academic measurement uh, in terms of uh, uh, research in this space. But in terms of economic development and industrial policies, it has been very focused on these traditional industries. And so I think that, um, you know, over the course of the last 15 years, life sciences has been quietly growing. And there's, because we have these, these assets uh, in terms of the talent, in terms of the fantastic world-class um, scientific infrastructure research infrastructure. Those are the raw materials that you really need for a strong life sciences ecosystem. So we've been quietly evolving, uh, 
flying under the radar, I would say a fair bit. But what really <laughs> changed things was uh, was the pandemic. And I think when COVID-19 hit and, you know, the governments federally and provincially kind of looked around uh, Canada and Ontario and said, you know, why don't we have more uh, in terms of biomanufacturing, in terms of uh, life sciences capacity uh, here in Canada? And obviously we have, you know, a ton of these raw materials. We have a ton of, uh, you know, startups and innovation, but we haven't done a good job at nurturing right? Um, scaling them mm-hmm. and creating these homegrown uh, success stories in the way that I think that we, we really can. And uh, I think that was a wake-up call. And then we saw the federal government announce their biomanufacturing and life sciences strategy, a commitment of $2.2 billion. Um, Ontario then announced uh, their life sciences strategy, and actually five uh, provinces now have uh, life sciences strategies because they recognize we have the assets, we have all the raw materials here um, to really transform and accelerate this sector to be you know, an economic driver for not only Ontario, but for Canada broadly, and all the benefits that, uh, that comes with that, as we saw during COVID-19, you know, uh, having health security is uh, fundamental to having economic security as well. You're listening to Molecule to Market where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. It is fascinating. In, in my short time here, it's, it's a very topical subject in terms of the, the sheer amount of investment going in across Canada, but you know, in particular, the kind of life science space here in Ontario. And I think one thing you mentioned there, Jason, was it's something ultimately that attracted my organization here remarketing, you know, was the the amount of STEM graduates, the innovative feel and static community here. It's uh, and if you put that with the raw materials and the kind of infrastructure that this country has, it actually makes it potentially a perfect mix for a very, very thriving life science industry. So no surprise to me that the government and the provinces are now acting in a way to to drive growth in this area. So let's let's kind of narrow it slightly then to Ontario and and obviously that's the the, the province and, and the word province by the way for some of our listeners that are not from Canada and you, Jason might correct me here but I liken it to like a state effectively in uh, equivalent of, of the US or a, a large area within Europe, like a county, for example, as a way of just framing. And Ontario is a very sizable <laughs> province, certainly uh, bigger than, than most countries uh, in Europe. And so give us give us some of the focus then on on Ontario and what your role is and the role, the role of your organization in, I suppose, driving uh, the the life science industry. Yes, yeah, so I mean um Ontario is the the largest province in Canada and I would say from a life sciences uh perspective um the Toronto specifically I think um and and again there there are um excellent things happening across Canada so so don't get me wrong there there's um you know different strengths, I think, in jurisdictions across Canada. Toronto is a unique jurisdiction, though, I think, in terms of um, the startup community here and the innovation community. 
um, really because I, you know, I think of the, the size and the proximity of the different stakeholders. So, uh, right in downtown Toronto, um, you know, at the intersection of uh, College and University Avenue, um, there's a place called Mars Innovation that is situated uh, in your Mars Discovery District, sorry, which is situated, you know, right across the street from Queen's Park, which is our main legislative building. So that's where all of our uh, politicians and, and, um, and policymakers are sort of housed and, and centered. And they're right within this innovation ecosystem uh, at the center of, um, of Toronto. And then down University Avenue are um, a multitude of uh, hospitals uh, that have their own clinical research facilities. And U of T is situated at you know another corner uh, of, uh, of this community. So you've got this sort of ecosystem that's happening uh, you know, in Toronto, where there's a, a level of excitement um, and energy uh, that is, to me, really kind of reminiscent of um, of Massachusetts, uh, you know, 20 years ago. Um, you know, I remember, you know, obviously be, having uh, done my graduate work in, in in Massachusetts, but then coming into um, my role at the Ontario government when Massachusetts announced their life sciences strategy. I remember, you know. Um, going down to the bio conference and 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 feeling that energy um, of what was happening in Massachusetts, to seeing the alignment and support of the uh, of the regional government of the state government aligning with you know the academic institutes with the uh, with the industry and the startup community, and it has that same feeling and sense right now uh, you know here in Toronto. So in Ontario specifically, uh, they announced their life sciences strategy back uh, in March of this year. Um, they're focusing on uh, ways to, you know, uh, accelerate this this sector um, by, you know, uh, encouraging, you know, access to capital, uh, you know, uh, pathways to adopting technologies here into Ontario. Um, the research and commercialization and the talent development that we talked about. You know, looking at you know technological opportunities uh, where we have strengths, so areas like AI and cell and gene therapy and genomics and you like you name it. Um, so really exciting time to be in in Ontario. For LSO, our main role uh, over the last couple of decades was advocating um, for public policies to support um, this ecosystem, and one of our primary asks was to have. A coordinated industrial strategy, which which now we have in place with the uh, with the provincial government, and what was really unique about that strategy and different, I would say, than other strategies that that I've seen, um, is that the Ontario government said, okay, we're going to make some initial investments in phase one, but we're going to commit right now to a phase two. That phase two is going to really be led by a collaboration between. Uh, an industry-led council, a life sciences council, um, and uh, a secretariat from the government supporting uh, that council and, and an all-of-government approach. And I, I've been very pleased that um, that the Ontario government, the province, uh, reached out to me and asked me to chair that particular council. Um, so now the shift has, has been from advocating for a strategy 
to actually working alongside government to develop phase two of uh, Ontario's life sciences strategy and see its implementation through. So it's a very, very exciting time here in Ontario. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think that level of excitement and passion and investment was was certainly a driver of us setting up an office here. And I think for our listening, there's some stats to kind of give you an overview of, of this space just to you know to share with you. You know, over over two thousand life science firms in Ontario alone, and you know, over sixty seventy thousand STEM graduates every year are being produced in this part across some incredible universities. I believe the University of Toronto is is ranked, I think, number three in terms of uh, scientific will of uh, scientific papers as well across, you know, alongside the likes of Harvard and Stanford and University of Oxford. So really, really, really high end uh, colleges and. And one thing that I've noticed in my time here, which I'd love you to talk more about, Jason, is I suppose the breadth of this kind of industry here, because you have an interesting mix of like big pharma companies and biotech companies, you know, Sanofi and Baxter and Pfizer, et cetera. And then you have a bunch of med tech type companies and genomics, as you mentioned as well. But something I've noticed as well, obviously, given my focus is uh, kind of a, a huge amount of um, kind of supply chain and outsourcing type companies, so contract research organizations, CDMOs like Bora, Resilience, that have got got sites here as well. So it's a very thriving kind of ecosystem, like across the entire entire spectrum. So is that is that a fair observation that it does have that kind of breadth, which you know, in theory, that would allow you to develop a product and take it to market just by using the ecosystem that's available here? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a very fair analysis. And in fact, I would probably take it even a step further and and broaden it even more. Um, you know, you mentioned Ontario is a huge province. And so I've talked about, you know, Toronto as being sort of the uh, bit of the center of the universe. Forgive me for saying that, because I know people across Canada probably hate when, when people from Toronto <laughs> say that. But for a life sciences perspective, you know, I talked about that, um, that proximity and that ecosystem that we have in downtown Toronto. But it's equally important to talk about uh, the value that is brought by the geogra- geographic breadth uh, across Ontario, uh, you know, including you know, rural communities. So when we talk about life sciences, we're not just talking about you know, pharma and biotech. Um, it's, it's as you said, you know, medical technologies is huge here as well but also agri-food technologies and industrial biotechnology um, is absolutely massive in various parts across uh, the country. So we've seen, um, I would say, cross-pollination of technology. So for example, uh, we've seen companies um, that are developing therapeutic products and find that um, you know maybe veterinary applications might be um, a, a market opportunity that they hadn't considered, and you know we have strengths in you know uh, in that area as well with the University of Wealth and others. Um, we have One Health Institute, uh, which looks at the intersection of you know animal health, human health, and environmental health. Um, we have expertise in biochemicals, uh, you know, in the in the Sarnia area as well. Um, we have uh, you know. All of these cross pollinations, even beyond just you know the medical device and and the pharmaceutical and therapeutic areas, uh, so it really is fascinating. Uh, we have tremendous strengths 
uh, also in you know uh, AI and and uh, and technology areas as well. We're seeing you know again more cross pollination in those fields as as well. So huge huge opportunities I think for companies that are developing any type of technologies. Um, they can find uh, collaborations and opportunities here in Ontario. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can certainly see that from from my time here so far. And one phrase that I have adopted and absolutely love about uh, that I've stolen, actually, I would say rather than adopted from from Canada, is uh, skate to where the puck is going. What a brilliant phrase! You know that uh, the locals here use in terms of trying to predict where the market is going and actually go to where you know, the, the opportunity lies. If I look at Ontario and I look at the work that you guys do and I look at the amount of investment that the companies that are setting up here, this concept of skating to where the puck is going, are you do, do you guys envisage more companies will set up here, more companies that will invest in Ontario that people will want to take advantage of the incredible talent and the space <laughs> the literal space that you have in this uh, this this region well it, it seems you obviously made the comparison with massachusetts it really seems like it could be on the edge of something really special to become a a significant kind of biopharma hub for example in in north america yes i i absolutely believe that to be the be, be the case and and you know I, I mentioned before that we were kind of flying under the radar but for those um, that know about Ontario um, or find out about Ontario um, you know we, we don't fly under the radar for very long so I think for the last couple decades uh, those people that have you know visited and, and spent some time in the community and recognized you know the vibrancy of the ecosystem um, they have really viewed i think you know uh ontario as you know almost as the discount aisle um within the biotech world right where not very many people know about it um there's great things happening and and you can you know partner or find technologies and innovations at a uh, at a maybe a substantial bargain but i think you know what we're seeing now is that people are are coming to realize and coming to understand, and we're not so flying under the radar anymore. And because of that, I think we are going to see further investments uh, and companies locating and and uh, developing these partnerships and accessing that talent, uh, accessing that research infrastructure and expertise, particularly in the areas where you know, as you said, um, where the puck is going. And, and I, I believe it was Wayne Gretzky that actually uh, uh, should be credited with that uh, that particular quote. Um, but, you know, I certainly believe that, you know, where the puck is going in life sciences is really, you know, uh, around curative technologies um, that we've seen, you know, genomics, cell and gene therapy, um, and we have deep, deep expertise. We we just set up a huge investment in in Hamilton area um, yeah. with Omnia Bio um, and uh, and CCRM, which is the uh, uh, Center for uh, uh, Regenerative Medicine. Um, so it is um, it is a vibrant time here. We've had huge investments in AI and um, health data like you have to remember too like i mentioned we are in a public health environment here so 
um, we have a centralized uh, system and we're looking at, you know, leveraging the data that that system, that health system is, is collecting and how we can leverage that better to, to develop better patient outcomes, uh, to, you know, enable research and innovation uh, within life sciences as well. So we, we are talking about real opportunities, I think, to be uh, leaders in the next generation of technologies that are going to revolutionize uh, the life sciences sector. So a good time for me to move here then, right? It's very good time for you to move here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, I, I, I hope you've started to see too, uh, the wonderful thing about Ontario is that uh, we are a very welcoming uh, community. I, I'm, an, I'm an immigrant myself. Um, you know, my parents uh, uh, relocated our family here uh, when I was only six years old, uh, but I consider myself uh, to be every bit as Canadian as anyone else. Uh, very multicultural, um, you know, diverse community, uh, which is another asset that we have here from a clinical trial perspective is the diversity of our populations. Um, so it really, we, we just have so much going for us. Yeah. I, I agree on the diversity piece. It's one of the things that I think makes this particular part of the world very, very special. And uh, something that certainly as a team and as a family being located here, we, we massively value. And I suppose one of the things, one of the, I'm not sure this is necessarily your job, but you know, making this an attractive place to invest. So if I look at uh, the typical listeners of our show who are, hopefully still tuning in and listening to what what makes this part of the world special. And many of them are in positions where they are looking to invest in new facilities or expand into new territories and and you know, effectively grow their businesses in a, in a new direction. And the North American market, in particular the US, is is a dominant market in our in our space. So what what's the kind of elevator pitch or the sales pitch in terms of Ontario versus say New Jersey or Pennsylvania or you know North Carolina so other areas that are very much well with established kind of life science biomanufacturing clusters in addition to the advanced therapy ones across across the US what is it that makes Ontario different and better and, and, and more attractive yeah that's a that's a great question and I think you, you kind of said it in the, in the question itself is that um you know, those regions are excellent life sciences regions, um, but they are more established. The great thing about kind of getting in near the beginning of uh, an emerging cluster is that there's a tremendous opportunity. And that's really what I think differentiates Ontario is the level of opportunity that uh, still exists here. Um, we're, as you said, we're right on the cusp of, of greatness, I think. We're at that tipping point. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting ecosystem. Again, we have all of these ingredients um, that that are you know in the mix right now, where we can see where it's headed. We can see where the puck is going, and uh, and it's looking like an overtime goal um, to win the cup. So uh, you know <laughs> that's that's uh, that would be my pitch. Is like if you want to be on a winning team, um, and you want to be you know you know sort of at an early stage of an exciting. Uh, emerging innovative cluster that has you know all the talent, the research, the science to support it, um, as well as a really welcoming um, you know diverse community and ecosystem collaborative um, and support. 
supportive, I would say as well. Um, Ontario is the place. Yeah, well, yeah, well said, Jason. And I think that's a great place to end today's conversation. Jason, I was really keen to get you on. Obviously, you've, you've done a phenomenal job in growing uh, Life Science Ontario in the in the 10, 12 years or so now you've been with it, you know, the organization at the helm and congratulations to the kind of continued success. And I, su- I suspect that as this kind of region continues to grow, it will obviously mean more great things for, for, for Life Sciences Ontario. So thank you for coming on, for sharing your experiences and I think just painting the picture for our guests, wherever they are in the world, wherever they're, they're listening, our listeners have got some insight into in the Canada's infrastructure and in particular the, the life science system in Ontario. So we really appreciate your insights and, and for sharing your, your kind of experiences. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Much appreciated. So there you have it. That was Jason Field, who is uh, the head of the Life Science Ontario uh, network yeah the president and ceo more specifically what a lovely guy and uh what a journey that he's been on it was interesting to hear that kind of uh he just seems made for the job doesn't he at life sciences ontario's kind of combination of his early scientific background and education and then his route into public policy um i really liked the kind of context he provided uh with respect to the the industry in canada growing for many years and then the pandemic almost acting as a wake-up call and a catalyst to kick-starting a huge industrial investment strategy across canada in particular here in ontario that is seeing investment across different sectors within life sciences but i suppose notably for us on you know listening to this po- podcast you know pharma biopharma um the cell and gene therapy and commercialization ecosystem and to a lesser extent as well the medical tech world as well so loads of uh, good stuff and it was useful i think for jason to explain kind of what makes this such a unique ecosystem and i think again one of the reasons that one of my business is remarketing set up an office and why i'm located here is that combination of stem graduates great startup community innovation and then you've got places like mississauga not far from toronto which have got real kind of uh, manufacturing industrial heritage lots of big pharma companies and cdmos kind of based out there uh, in addition to kind of clinical research organization contract research organizations right across the whole ecosystem and uh i loved jason's kind of uh, pitch towards the end of why this is such a great place to do business and why people should consider it and and why it's gone from flying under the radar to well you know to becoming one of the biggest powerhouse clusters in north america and i i firmly believe that i think i've been quite astounded by not only the manufacturing and a pharma and biotech perspective but the advanced therapy space that they have going on here and all the universities that feed into that it is uh it really does look like uh, an ecosystem that is going to thrive in the next kind of 10 to 15 years or so so thanks again for listening thanks obviously for jason for being our guest um uh, thanks to my team for pulling today's podcast together um if you haven't already please uh, subscribe and like the episode and the show and it will get to more ears of people in the sector. Hi again. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. For more shows, have a look on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, wherever you like to listen. And do make sure that you subscribe so the next episode comes direct to your device automatically. 
And please get in touch via our website, uh, Molecule to Market Pod, or via LinkedIn or Twitter. We love to hear from you. So if you have a guest that you want to suggest or someone in your organization that you think would make a great guest on Molecule to Market, then please let us know. We'll see you very soon. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. The podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile and generate leads in life sciences.